Merry Christmas, and welcome to church. I'm Holly Kundrak, and what I love about being a United Methodist at Lotus Hills Methodist Church is the way we come together. The piano is closer and closer to being paid for. I know we will pay for it soon. If you're a first-time guest, please let us know by filling out the blue card found in the pew pocket. You can return them by placing them in the offering plate as they pass by. I hope you feel welcome today. Let me tell you a few things that are happening here. Christmas Eve services are 5 and 7 p.m. Christmas Day service at 11. New Year's Day at 11. And now our administrative board director, Scott Paul, would like to say a few words. Uh, I'm Scott Paul. I'm the uh, administrative board uh, chairman for our administrative board. I've been the chairman for three years. I will be the chairman for a fourth year beginning next year in January. Uh, the reason I'm here today is to uh, explain what happened at our administrative board meeting on Tuesday uh, in terms of our decision as a church to not enter the discernment process for disaffiliation. Uh, as you know, we had a town hall meeting uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the majority decision at that town hall meeting by 72% or so was to not enter disaffiliation. I'm sorry, discernment towards disaffiliation. Um, after that vote and after a consultation with a number of members of the church by our board, at our board meeting, we unanimously decided uh, in a vote, uh, uh, an anonymous vote, uh, to not enter the discernment process, but to defer any future decisions about deferment until after the 2024 general conference um, and any potential decisions to change the Book of Discipline or our doctrine. So um, what that means for our church is we can continue doing what we've always been doing, which is our mission, which is going out and making new disciples of Christ for transformation of the world. So I hope you will all accept that decision. Uh, it is the majority decision of the church. And for those of you who have a differing opinion, uh, you must follow your heart, and we respect that. We also respect you and would like you to remain members of our church at least until the 2024 uh, general conference uh, to ascertain whether there actually is a book of discipline change or a change in our doctrine that would, would necessitate a, another look at uh, the discernment process. So that's where we are now and I'm glad we are through this process and we can move forward as a church. Uh, so I hope you are as well. Thank you. Uh, just a reminder, we have our fundraiser happening this week and next week. There are ornaments painted by the children and the children's ministry family out there. Some of them are very abstract and have used color with abandon. Some of them are more refined. Um, but they are all beautiful and they were all lovingly made. They feature Isaiah, uh, I didn't even write it down, Isaiah 11, 1 through 2 on the back of the ornament. Uh, Isaiah 11, 1 through 2 in the back, which tells us that Jesus comes from the line of Jesse, the stump of Jesse. Um, it is actually a whole Bible page that we've mod podged on the back of there. I didn't rip it out of a Bible, I promise. We copied it. 
But it's actually really cool looking out. Um, they turned out really well, and I'm really proud of the children for the work that they've put into those. For every ornament that we sell, um, they're $4 a piece. We will be donating one to a local care facility, and we're arranging to go carol at a couple of facilities while we are uh, delivering those on Tuesday the 20th. And if any grown-ups would like to join us, we would love to have you also. Uh, just let me know if you're interested in that, and I will get you more information as I'm able to schedule and coordinate with the facilities. And then also, my children's ministry volunteers, we are looking for help um, as we enter the Christmas uh, season. Starting next week, we need a volunteer at 11 a.m. and 11 or 7 p.m. to help keep our nursery open. We are providing nursery services during all worship services. We need a volunteer at 7 p.m. on December 24th and at 11 a.m. on December 25th. So if you are a children's ministry volunteer or if you would like to get involved in the children's ministry and want to hang out in the nursery and find out what we do over there, um, please let me know. We would greatly appreciate your help so we can ensure that all, welcome, all families are welcome here. I need coffee. All welcome <laughs> families are here today. Thank you. We will now light the Advent candle. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah 35, 1 through 2, 8 and 10. The prophet Isaiah tells us about the joy of, ascend of ascending to God's house. The prophet tells us about to imagine being set free, being unburdened, being released to live, to fully live in the grace and wonder of life itself, surrounded by those who love us like no one else. And then he tells us that our uh, that the journey to get there is just as much a joy. The psalmist says, Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, who made heaven and earth, who keeps faith, who executes justice, gives food, sets prisoners free, opens eyes, lifts up, watches over, upholds, the Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. Psalm 146. We light these candles, the candle of joyous hope, of promising peace, and of deep and everlasting joy, as a sign that we are those who walk with a skip in our step, because we can see the destination, and it is pure joy. We are ascending to God's promise. Our scripture reading today is James chapter 5, verses 7 to 10. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and late rains. You must also be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another, 
so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O oh Lord, you know the deserts and the parched places in our lives. We seek your healing power. Lead us on this Advent journey to the place of new birth and to the peace of our redemption. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Are you guys ready for Christmas? Yes. Yeah. Are you super excited for Christmas? Yes. It's like tomorrow, right? No. Three weeks? Is it, is it really that far away? I thought it was tomorrow. Are you serious? We have to wait longer? Yeah. We've been waiting forever for Christmas, right? We've been talking about it for a long time, haven't we? And it's still not here. That's kind of annoying. Are you guys annoyed? Yeah. Well, every time I go out of the house, I see, like, lights everywhere and Santa Claus is driving around in fire trucks and, and people are singing songs. And you're telling me Christmas still isn't here? No? Sometimes when we're waiting for something big and exciting to happen, like sitting up and listening to our mom's children's sermon, we, uh, we have a hard time, right? Because it gets frustrating. You just want it to be here so bad. And you can get annoyed, right? Does that ever happen to you? No? Like when you're waiting for your birthday to come around every year and it's just, it's so close. You see it on the calendar. You know it's there, but you still have to wait because we can't make time speed up, can we? No? Sometimes I want to make it slow down, but I really don't ever want to make it speed up. We can't control time. We can't make the wait go any faster. So does it do us any good to be annoyed while we wait? To be frustrated? No. No? I don't think it does either. You see, when we're waiting for Christmas, we're waiting for Jesus' arrival, right? We're waiting for him to come into the world. Now, we know that he's been here. He arrived 2,000 years ago, and he's been living in our hearts since then. He's been living in our hearts since then. But the first Christians, they had no idea when Jesus was going to get here. They had been waiting for thousands of years, and he still hadn't arrived. And I bet they were getting frustrated. But if we look into this thing here, it tells us over and over again to wait for the Lord, to wait patiently, to wait hopefully, to wait peacefully, to wait joyfully, because we know that when God comes, when Jesus comes, that our lives are going to be changed, right? And I know that everyone here who's accepted Jesus into their hearts has experienced that change in their life. And know that you boys and girls, when you take that step, as you get older, you'll experience it too. Your life will change. And suddenly the waiting isn't something that bothers you. It's something that builds you up. Because we know that Jesus comes with a promise. A promise of eternal peace and of hope and of joy in him and in his kingdom. And all of those things come from a place of love. All of those things, because he loved us so much, he wanted to create that for us. And as we wait for Christmas, we can miss out on the wait. We can be frustrated, and we can be angry, and we can be annoyed because we see those presents piling up under the tree, and we just really want to look underneath the wrapping paper and see what's down there. And we can count them every single day. Not that any of my children do that. Or we can focus on our hearts, on Jesus, and on that promise that he's given us of that eternal life that place of love that he came from. Today in Spark Worship, because I won't see you guys next week, we're going to talk about not only joy, which is the week that we're in for Advent this week, but we're going to talk about love also. We have the cantata next week, so we're going to be in here, and I won't get to see as many kiddos. But we're going to talk about both joy and love. We're going to sing joy to the world. We're going to make an Advent wreath to take home. And we're going to have lots of fun talking about God's love for us. But before we do that, can we say a prayer? Will you guys bow your heads, close your eyes, fold your hands? And say, Dear Jesus, we wait for your arrival with hope and joy and can't wait for the day 
when you bring eternal peace. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to exit straight at the back for Spark Worship. Thank you, Jesse. My name is Cheryl Broom, and I'm the pastor here at Holotus Hills United Methodist Church. And as is our tradition for our prayer time, we pass around the microphone, and you can lift your prayers. If you'll give your name, if we don't know it, it's better anyway, just for us to get your name and for me to get used to seeing your face and have your name together. And what your prayer request is, if it's a joy or a praise, we're going to say, Lord, hear our praise. And if it's a prayer request, we're going to hear, Lord, hear our prayers. And these prayers will be lifted both at our service here today and Monday night as we meet here to do our prayer request and on our Facebook page anonymously with just a first name and last initial. Uh, Scott would like uh, prayers for my wife, Lorena, who is on a medical mission to the Rio Grande Valley this week, uh, working with uh, the School of Optometry, uh, bringing eye services to the colonias down in the valley. Lord, hear our prayers. My name is Doris, and I would like to lift up a friend, Gail, who has had some health problems and is recovering from surgery. I just pray for her continued health. And also my daughter, Karen, who's having surgery on Wednesday. Lord, hear our prayers. Prayers for the family of Irene who passed away yesterday. Lord, hear our prayers. Just keeping, again, the people of Ukraine for their latest power disruption. Lord, hear our prayers. I want to <coughs> offer prayers for Paul Whalen over in Russia. He should have brought, been brought home this last week in the trade with this horrible arms dealer, and he's still over there. So prayers for him and his family. Lord, hear our prayers. Then let us go before God in the silence of our own hearts for a few moments, and then we'll close in prayer and the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. Lord of delight and surprises, you come to us each day with opportunity, with love, with support. You pour your blessings upon us and remind us of your compassionate presence with us. Help us to be people of loving service. Help us to see the ways in which you enter our lives and enable us to serve you by serving your people. As we have come to you this day, bringing our concerns for healing and hope. Remind us that you are with us and that your healing mercies are given. Give us the courage to be faithful stewards of your creation and bring us together with one another in celebration and service. Lift us up, bring us forward, give us hope and peace and joy. For we ask for this in Jesus' name as we pray the prayer that he taught his disciples, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the famous words of John Lennon's song, So This is Christmas, he sings, A merry, merry Christmas and a happy new year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fears. And I guess he never experienced the holidays season here in Holotus driving up and down Bandera Road. <laughs> Talk about fears. Drivers are rushing around to get ahead. Ahead in line, ahead in traffic, ahead in line in traffic. Maybe you've seen drivers on Bandera Road swerving in and out from one lane to another, cutting in, cutting out. And I cringe because every time I think there's an accident waiting to happen. It's scary out there. And if you're lucky, uh, if you're really lucky, you end up next to the person at the stoplight and you look over and there's the angry driver stuck right next to you, waiting at the green light, not having gotten ahead. And you can look over at him and actually see his blood is boiling and he's honking the horn because the person in front of him, in front of the demanding driver, could have made it through that light. And you see the intense slamming of his hands on the wheel and a fierce yelling through the window, yikes! And I think to myself, and so this is Christmas <laughs> and a happy new year. I hope it's a without any. Yeah, and so this is Christmas. And, and so many people are impatient and angry, especially at Christmas, which is so ironic to me, right? It's Christmas and we should be filled with joy, and yet we're filled with impatience at the waiting of the season. Where's the hope? Where's the hope of Advent, I ask you? Where's the peace of the season? And where's the joy of the Lord now, I ask? As we heard Holly read from James, I want to remind you of those words yet again. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. As the farmer waits for precious crops in the earth, being patient until it receives the early and the late rains, so you must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the door. An example of suffering and patience, beloved. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. And as I reflected on James' advice, I found that he might even be writing that letter to us today. Be patient, my beloved. Do you know who James is? James was the brother of Jesus. And they believe, many believe he was his half-brother, born to Mary and Joseph after the birth of Jesus. And he was one of the earliest writers. This is thought to be the book of James, or the letter, really. It's thought to be the earliest of all the New Testament writing, between 40 and 50 AD. James became one of the greatest leaders of the Christian church, the early Christian church in Jerusalem. And he addressed these letters to the Christians, most of them Jewish, scattered throughout the world. But I think that James addressed this letter to us you and me today, because he's saying to us today, wait, be patient, be expectant, be hopeful, be at peace, 
and be joyful as we wait for the coming of the Lord. Last week's gospel, we read from the chapter in Matthew. The story was about John the baptizer when he appeared in the wilderness preaching repentance. This week, John reappears in the reading again. Let's read from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. If you have your Bible, Pew Bible, you'll find it on page 887. And let's see what John the Baptist has in store for us today. You know the story, don't you? Yeah. <clears throat> when John heard in prison that what the Messiah was doing, he sent word to his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, deaf hear, and the dead are raised. The poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. And as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of God of heaven is greater than him. The word of God for the people of God. So John the Baptist had a thriving ministry out in the desert on the River Jordan. Well, that was until he got arrested. Previously, his base of operation was in the desert wilderness on the Jordan, where great crowds of people from all over Jerusalem and Judea came to see him and be baptized in the Jordan River. And he had powerful words, powerful words of life for those who were hungry for transformation, whose lives they weren't happy with. They wanted something new. And John offered them the baptism of repentance for new life. And he said to them, I baptize with the water, but there is one coming after me who will baptize with fire and the Holy Spirit. Well, sometimes John was a little abrasive as some biblical writers are wont to be. If you read your Bible, you'll see it. He didn't use his words to win friends and influence people. And he berated some people. He insulted those religious people, and sometimes was, he was actually kind of mean to them. It's true. And not to mention his weird hair and clothing and the fact that he ate locusts and had wild honey. Still, all sorts of people kept coming to see him, to hear his preaching. Rich man, poor man, beggar man, thief, they all came. And his celebrity had become such that the highfalutin religious types even made their way into the desert to see him. He insulted them. He called them a brood of vipers. You remember that from last week? You brood of vipers. His job, number one, he said, was to prepare the way for the Lord. Prepare the way for Messiah. And to do that, people needed to face their sins to repent, which means to turn away from 
the world's way and turn to God's way and be baptized. He said this baptism of repentance would make the way for the coming of the Messiah who is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. As we fast forward to today's scriptures, we find John now sitting in a dark, nasty, foul, filthy prison. Apparently, his in-your-face preaching, his no-nonsense framing of the world mixing politics and religion disturbed the peace. John pointed his finger at Herod, who was the current political leader in Jerusalem, and he disturbed the peace. He charged Herod with immoral living. He pointed it out and said, you immorally married your half-niece, Herodias, who was married to his brother. Okay, And so John stood up and said, shame on you, Herod. Shame on you for doing this. And you know what Herod did? Yeah, you do. Threw him in prison. So often when you get or hear righteous preaching, especially if you're someone really big, you want to silence that as quickly as possible, right? And so Herod silenced John the Baptist by throwing him in prison. That brings us to the story from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. This is where we find John imprisoned, and he had time to sit and reflect and pray. See, John had been waiting for the revolution, and many Jews at the time thought the Messiah would come with a huge revolution, a big war, and the Messiah would win. And John was ready. He'd be the first one to enlist. Show me the way. I'll enlist. If you're the Messiah, where's the revolution? But all John kept hearing was Jesus doing kind of amazing miracles, although he ate with sinners, and then he healed the sick. And then he um, fed the hungry. That's not a revolution, the one that they were waiting for. And so he asked a question. He sent his disciples over to Jesus Christ, over to Jesus, and asked, are you the one that we are waiting for? Now, instead of baptizing in the river, John sat in this present wondering, seeking, asking, was Jesus the long-awaited one? And I saw a Facebook post this week, and I thought I'd share it with you. It was the thought of the day, and it said, Sometimes when things are falling apart, they may actually be falling into place. Have you ever felt that way? So maybe John, as he sat in prison, wondered, is my life falling apart or is my life falling into place? Now, I will confess to you, I've often been an impatient sort of person. I was probably born early because I just couldn't wait to get out and get ahead of things. And when I, when I get moving, I really want things done. I want them done now. Anybody else confess to that? Thank you. And so sometimes I think, Lord, what are you waiting for? Can't you come back? This world is a mess, and I am waiting for you, God, to bring back peace and unity and love in the world, in our community. Did you look at the news recently of the violence? And even in our church, Lord, where is the unity and peace and love? And I can't wait for God to come. I have some friends who live in this ultra-plush 
mega expensive home in Austin. Well, it's not a home, it's a condo downtown called the Austonian. Anybody ever hear of it? Austonian is on Congress's 2nd Street. It's the tallest residential building in Texas. And there are amazing views. You could go up to her place and look out and see the hill country. You can look down and see Congress. You can look all over. It's an amazing view. And if I wanted to buy a condo in the Austonian, do you know how much I'd spend? $999 million for a condo in the Austonian. And here's the deal. My friends say constantly on their Facebook page, I'm writing to you from my velvet prison. That's what they call their home, their velvet prison. And at first I was a little offense. I'm like, well, I want a $1 billion velvet prison, but I really don't. Velvet meaning soft and cushiony and comforting, and prison meaning to be confined and stuck. Do you ever feel that way, that you're stuck in some circumstances? Maybe you're living in a velvet prison. That's what they call the youth house. We're going to rename it the velvet prison. Because, see, you still have a place. And every time I read them, I'm like, velvet prison. But life is like that for us because we are waiting for something to happen, maybe. And even in a velvet prison, we still have to wait. And waiting is hard work. Waiting is outside of our control, and it makes us feel out of control and frustrated and afraid, especially when we realize how very little power we have in circumstances in our lives. Our church, wanting to be like many other United Methodist churches, wanted to take control of our destiny. And we scheduled and held a congregational meeting called a town hall on December 3rd. And this meeting was to talk about whether to stop waiting and get moving toward a discernment process leading to disaffiliation from our mother church. And many came to that meeting and we learned what disaffiliation and discernment mean. And we decided this group, I would say I sat quietly, but I didn't. This group decided that they were going to wait to, to figure out what's going to happen. You see, there are a lot of Methodist churches who are done waiting, right? Did you look at the news every single day? I think in Google, United Methodist trends number one. Isn't that crazy? We're trending. The Methodist church is trending all over the news. Why? Because churches decided not to wait. So every, every time, because really decisions won't be made until 2024. Y'all know that. I don't have to tell you because you decided to wait. But other churches did not. And I want you to know that they chose not to wait. They chose not to wait. And they advocated that we not wait too. But we move forward in action and disaffiliate before it's too late. Too late for what? You're tired for waiting for what to happen. See, this is the season of waiting. You see, every character in the Bible, especially in the Christmas story, has to wait. Mary had to wait. Joseph. The shepherds. The angels. The king seeking the child. This is a story about waiting, and in our story today, John demonstrates for us how to wait upon the Lord. Psalms, Proverbs, and many other books of the Bible command us to wait upon the Lord. 
Psalm 27, 14 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong. Be patient. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. I like that verse. Most modern translations use wait for the Lord all the time. And we have to discover for ourselves, even at Christmas, how to wait for the Lord in hope, patiently, even joyfully awaiting for the Lord's return. And so the people were tired of waiting for the Messiah to come. And many thought he would bring that revolution. But he came in peace. He came bringing healing. And he came bringing hope. And no amount of force or strife would bring the Lord any sooner. And as John waited, Jesus said to the people around him, Truly I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist. And yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. That gives me hope as I wait upon the Lord. And sometimes we have to wait, no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. By the way, in our town meeting after Scott Paul told us, we had an hour and a half discussion. We took a straw poll, and 76% of this congregation wanted to wait. Maybe this is when you should say, well, you're preaching to the choir, <laughs> right? You're preaching to the choir on this. Reverend Greg Hackett talked to us. Your leadership team then voted unanimously to wait until August of 2024. The season of Advent is about waiting and preparing for Christmas. But Christmas itself is just a foretaste of the glory that's to come when our Savior returns. Today, as Jesse and Nate lit the candles in Noella, was that gorgeous that those children, and even Jesse could read it well? <laughs> they lit those candles to remind us that we are in the period of waiting and longing in the dark shadows of the world for Christ to come again. We're waiting with anticipation, and today's candle is joy. We're waiting with, in joy. And when I'm in joy, I sing Christmas carols. What about you? Anybody out there Christmas carols? I will tell you, in our office, Christmas carols have been playing since, I'm going to say, October. Whenever Caleb started playing them, they're featured loudly. See, I'm not a kind of person that doesn't want to hear Christmas carols. I could hear them all year long. You know, there are a lot of people who don't want to hear Christmas carols until after Jesus comes, right? They will not put baby Jesus in the manger until after Christmas Day. Not me. Although I do move Jesus around sometimes, and, you know, he can find him different places in the world. Well, I love to sing. I know that's such a surprise for you knowing me this long time. Joy to the World is one of my favorite hymns. Do you know Joy to the World? I, you do know it? Yeah. We all know it. And joy to the world is what we're celebrating today when Jesus comes. Joy to the world. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. And that is what we're waiting for. I pray God's blessings upon you today as you wait. And I thank God for you that you're waiting for the Lord. 
and I join you in that same chorus. By all appearances, John's prison situation was beyond difficult, but Jesus called him to wait. And Jesus calls us to wait on the Lord. And in waiting, we can have fun, can't we? Can't we have hope and joy and peace and, and have fun during the wait? I encourage you to do that. Merry Christmas. Thanks be to God. Amen. Time for our offering. Your giving empowers ministry within our congregation. It's not too late to turn in your 2023 pledge cards. Cards are available in the Welcome Center, and you may place your card in the giving box there as well. Please see your HHUMC bulletin or web page to see the many ways to give. Also, we would like to offer the staff a bit of love from this congregation for all the blessings they have given throughout the year. If you would like to contribute toward a love offering, please put a note on your check or envelope, love offering. We are very pleased to use our gifts to do ministry here and throughout the world as we offer it in peace of love. Let me tell you why I give. I think it's important to share. I feel I have many blessings. My dad always said, do what you can with what you have, where you are. We give so much to this community through our service programs. I feel blessed to be a small part in making lives a little better right here in Helotus. Let us pray. Holy God, we know this season is about preparing a way for the Christ to come into the world and into our hearts. As we move through our lives, we are bombarded with invitations to invest our dollars in things that will bring joy to us and those we love. Yet we know we must cut through that noise to hear where you want us to invest. We are focused on giving one another, and we need to hear what you would have us give to those who are forgotten, the unloved, and the needy. May the giving we do now help us hear your gospel more clearly and see your love for the poor, the meek, more completely. In your love we give, in your love we are sent, and in your love we pray. Amen. glad you came to worship today and I pray that in the waiting time you might find joy as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ we have a pathway and our pathway to discipleship includes acts of love and mercy and giving and witness into the world and this church our witness statement is the mission statement let's read it together the mission of Lotus Hills United Methodist Church 
is to make new disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. If you want to do that as part of this congregation and you're not yet a, a member, then come forward as we sing this classic Christmas hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful. Let us go forth from this place in the promise of Christ coming to us yet again. O Lord, send us forth awaiting you in hope, in peace, and in joy. We ask for this in Christ's name as we carry the light of God out into the world. Amen? Amen. Let's go forth in peace. <laughs>